0: everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on RashPixel.fm. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer.
1: Hello, Pete Wright. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. To the show. I'm
0: so relaxed right now. I've got the feet up, kicking back.
1: Oh, I'm so not. <laughs>
0: Well, you gotta earn it. Maybe you gotta earn it. I don't know. I have a
1: busy weekend ahead of me, so I'm not relaxed. Ooh, a
0: busy weekend—that's no good. It's well, like it you're is doing good. it wrong.
1: No, it is because it's exciting. It's my daughter's birthday, so it's oh. very—it's a very happy celebration. That
0: is—that's okay. Is,
1: that's okay. Yeah, there's there's just stuff to do today.
0: But- well. As promised, we are going to be talking about recharging and the importance of, of taking downtime and working downtime into your regimen, particularly when you're struggling with ADHD. But before we do that, you should head over to takecontroladhd.com and get to know us a little bit better. Uh, listen to the show right there on the website, subscribe to the mailing list, and uh, find us on Twitter and Facebook at Take Control ADHD. You can call us, leave us a voicemail at 503 664 4ADD. Get your voice, your thoughts, your ideas on this show. We'd love to hear from you. Okay. First, actually, we have some follow-up. We do. We do.
1: Because people actually um, did what you just told them to do. I love they, that. Yeah. They called. They emailed.
0: Well, they're let's... Giving,
1: yeah. They're let's, giving us suggestions. About they,
0: I love these suggestions. I just mm-hmm. love them. Which one would you like to start with?
1: Well, I say let's start with the voicemail from Nancy. Okay. And, um, I'll give you kind of a brief introduction to it. And then if you want to talk about the email from Suzanne, I think that would be fabulous. I
0: would love to do that.
1: Okay, great. So, um, we received an email from Nancy, um, following up on the, the, the focus follow up, um, show, and she had a couple of different ideas on how to use timers. And so I thought they were fabulous. One is, um, I won't go into it. You can listen to it, but the, um, the first, uh, tip was really focused around the morning routine and and what she does to kind of keep her and her children um on on schedule and and focused, uh, during the mornings. And then the second, um, piece was how she uses a timer to tackle those chores around the house that are boring. Um, so I thought that that was really, um, a great suggestion. And so I just, again, want to say thank you for calling in. Uh, we really appreciate to, you know, we appreciate hearing from you, um, what people are
2: doing and what's working, I think is great.
0: Absolutely. And so here we go. This is Nancy.
2: I have two things that I need to do to just keep me going, and whether you're diagnosed with ADD, ADHD, whatever it is, or just are a busy mom, and sometimes I just don't even know the difference, um, I think this is helpful, at least it helps me. Um, I have a child that um, is Completely my responsibility to get going in the morning. Um, she's special needs, and it is very easy for me to just lose my track of what I'm doing with her in the mornings. I set a timer when I've started getting her going every five minutes just to make sure that I am continuing to pay attention to what I'm doing. I start getting her ready, and it is a five minute timer goes and Once that timer goes off, um, I look at it. I can see that, oh, geez, it's 20 of and the bus is going to be here. And um, it just helps me to stay focused on what I'm doing. I don't really know why, but it helps a lot. And I um, stay away of the time or stay aware of the time that way. The other thing that I use my iPhone for is um, when I've got a completely overwhelming mess either a disastrous kitchen or a pile of laundry that I just really don't feel like getting to. I take a picture of it. um, I set the timer for five minutes, and I go at it, just pile is just... Really working my way through it. Um, And in five minutes, I take another picture of it. And it's just sort of silly, but fun when I'm done to see exactly how long it took me to go through everything and to actually see my progress as I went. And honestly, it's really only two or three different pictures that I've taken because these messages never really take that long once you actually do it. But it also motivates me to. Do it again because it's kind of a little game I play um, to actually see almost the, the the you know as I go along what I've actually done. Um, sometimes life is boring and it just kind of keeps me entertained along the way. Thanks for your podcast; I enjoy it a lot, and uh, hope you guys are having a good day.
0: I love the uh, I love playing the game with the timers.
2: I know. It's right. It's it's cool. And the pictures,
1: I think, are a fabulous idea.
0: It's a fabulous idea. Great way
1: to track your progress. So, yeah, Yeah. I think that's a really um, great tip.
0: Yes. Well done, Nancy. I hope that uh, helps others who are in that same situation. Thank you so much for sharing that with the community. Um, We have this digital uh, feedback from Suzanne uh, where she is talking about uh, managing emails from stores And her idea here is to get the best of both worlds. You can keep an unclogged inbox and access coupons and sales on demand. Uh, She writes in Gmail. You have the ability to filter emails. The filter is a powerful tool that many people aren't aware of. That allows you to control how many emails or how emails behave when they come into your inbox. To find the filter menu, open the email from a store you subscribe to. Click the More button in the top menu, and then click Filter Messages like these. In the first screen, you can specify the email sender, which should automatically populate. For example, filter all emails from sales@store.com. Then click the Create Filter with this search link at the bottom. In the second screen, check the box that says Mark as Red." This will make all emails that arrive in your inbox from sales at store.com automatically appear as red or unbolded. There are additional options available in this screen, such as applying a label, which allows you to further customize and manage your emails if you wish. Then the important step is to filter your inbox so that only the unread emails show at the top of your inbox. To do this, hover hover your cursor over the word inbox and click the down arrow that appears next to it. Select Unread first and you will see that all of your unread bold emails pop up to the top of your inbox. The red emails are still there. They're just below and out of the way. Net result, you can remain subscribed to as many store, coupon, or sale emails as you want, but when they come to your inbox, they're automatically marked as red and will not appear in the unread emails at the top of your inbox. Then, when you're in a store, you simply use the Gmail search feature to search for emails from that store, and you have access to all the latest coupons and details. So that is from... Uh, That is from Suzanne. Thank you so much for writing. I think it's a great tip, and I think that it is... Particular, and this is, I've said this before, I think it is our responsibility as users to become intimately aware of how filters and notifications work. And uh, I think this is a great example. I would add, you know, for me, I I don't like having these emails in my inbox, read or unread, because I'm an inbox zero guy, right? I like to have my inbox clear at the end of the day. I don't want anything in it. And and when I get out of control, it's because I have too much noise in my inbox. So for me, I would modify, you know, Suzanne's uh, concept here, and I would just say, move them out of my inbox either create a custom label that moves them out of the inbox so that i can click on that label in gmail and get into it as uh, when i need to i do not want to see those things in my inbox ever 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 i feel like it's just filthy dirty stuff and it keeps <laughs> me from getting stuff done so um but but her instructions are great and in fact we'll go ahead and and post uh, her email in the show notes for this show so you can you yeah. can read what we just read so it's a great uh, it's a great concept
1: uh, absolutely so very good. Very well, good. and and filter those filters that that is something I definitely need to become more familiar yeah. with because I think it would probably save me uh, some time and and frustration of getting all that stuff coming in all the time.
0: Well, it is particularly if you use Gmail on the web. Now I'm, I'm in a, i am i am in I would add, you know, I don't use Gmail on the web, even though I, you know, my email addresses are all Gmail addresses. Uh, I use a third party email client. And so, um, that, you know, in there, it's not, they're not called filters. They're called rules. And you kind of have to invest in learning how the email client uses rules to filter. You can still do everything that Suzanne said. Like I could go and set up rules and filters on, in Gmail on the website that would then automatically apply to my third-party client. Or I can set up rules in my third-party client that apply after Gmail has already processed them. So it, it can get confusing, but, but you really do have to learn the system that you're using to make best use of it here. So that's it. Awesome. Great, great follow-up. Thank you to Nancy and Suzanne for, uh, for reaching out.
1: Yes. So I'm going to pretend now that I don't have a lot to do. And then I'm going on vacation, (laughs) which will happen here in a couple of weeks. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to jump ahead and go there. What do you think?
0: I think that's great. Let's, let's just see if that works.
1: (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, I did a little research on, um, this topic of recharging and, uh, and, and so what I did is I wanted to find out why vacation is good for you. Okay. Yeah. And so I actually found a couple of different articles that I, that I thought were interesting. And again, we'll um, post these on the show notes too. So you can read the full articles. Uh, but there's one uh, particular one from National Geographic that had some statistics that I thought were really interesting that only 14% of Americans will take vacation of two weeks or more this year. The standard holiday in the U S is now down to a long weekend.
0: Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Oh, it's so hard to hear.
1: It is. It is. Um, and then there was another article that was talking about that Americans are frightened of taking time off work for vacation. A survey by the U.S. Travel Association found that four out of 10 Americans aren't going to take all of their vacation days. Why? Because they're not exactly enthusiastic about the work they're going to find on their desk when they return. Now I know just from talking to some of my own clients, um, that people not only fear coming back, but they, they really dread the week before vacation, trying to get everything done and in place before leaving is also an extremely stressful time. So it really doesn't make sense. It's like, you're so stressed out before you go and then you go and then you're stressed out when you come back.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's crazy. It's a funny thing, too, because you know i I think we you know when we are talking specifically about work, right yeah. I think we and and I think this is a uniquely American thing i'm I'm not sure it's not good. this is not a good American thing Mm-mm. uh or, or maybe it's a western thing. I don't know if, if uh, I don't know, but I think we overestimate our own importance in our jobs, mm-hmm. right that we go to work every day and we think that if we don't go to work that somehow something will fall through the cracks to the point where the world will stop spinning. And by and large, that is not reality, right? Mm-hmm. Some way, shape, or form. And maybe, maybe the fear is, is slightly more nuanced than that. Maybe the fear is that, and I know when I, you know, when I worked at a big company, it was, there, there was this sort of lingering back-of-the-mind fear that, that if I go away and I truly hand off my job to somebody else, to do for two weeks, that when I come back, they will either have discovered something that I've been doing wrong, right? That's the the fear of uh, the imposters' fear, right? It's is yeah. that I'm, I'm a somehow fraud. a fraud, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, or they will have changed the way I do things as a result of my absence, and I'll either have to learn some new stupid system that I didn't like in the first place, or um, you know, I'll have to work to change everything back. Like something will have been changed. And that is an additional kind of back of the mind stress that you just don't want to deal with. So it's easier not to take a vacation at all. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, well, and it's interesting that you, that you brought the imposter syndrome up because this was a discussion that I had just in the last month or so with one of my group coaching, um, groups and, uh, and that came up of, of, and, and that was the reason that they feared is that, you know, are they going to find out I'm up some kind of fraud, which of course they're not. Um, but it is that fear of, you know, did I miss something and they're going to find out what I missed. And, um, what was really interesting is when we were kind of talking it through of, of what do you really need to to do? What are the priorities? What's really important, um, Uh, You know, I asked, well, are you, well, actually I didn't even ask one of the group members asked, um, the person that was, was dealing with, with this at the time, have you talked to your coworkers? Have you talked to your boss to find out what they think is important? And she, you know, she said, no, I hadn't yet. And, and I think it's a really good point is we You know, we may think all this stuff is necessary, but when you actually ask the source, they're like, no, 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 you don't, you don't need to do this. We can do it when you get back. The importance isn't as important as you think it might be. Um, And, and I think you'd be surprised that most coworkers and and bosses want you to go on vacation. They want you to take the time off, you know, not worrying about work. And so they want to help you out. Um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, good. I, I, were you in that call and I just didn't know,
0: <laughs> uh, no, I wish I were that lucky.
1: Yeah. Because that, not. that was a, that was a discussion. That's, That's pretty great. funny. Yeah.
0: Uh, I actually, uh, you know, this it, part of it got me thinking about it because I was, uh, we got a tip from a listener related to this just this morning.
1: We did. I didn't see it. Well, Where it, did came, it, come it from? came
0: directly to me from friend of the show, Jordan Gamble, who is a listener and, and, uh, a kind, uh, submitter of awesome things, uh, occasionally. And this is one of the things that he, uh, he pointed to was, uh, an episode of a podcast, um, uh, the called hack your inner genius, uh, on the Art of Charm podcast, which is an interview with uh, Judah Pollock, and um, and you know, it part of it is is about you know relaxing and and. Unplugging, But he does mention this, you know, the stress that comes from imposter syndrome. So it's been on the brain. I think it's in the in the collective conscious conscience. Uh, And I will I will post this episode. I haven't listened to the whole thing again. He just sent it this morning. So I've gotten through about half of it. But it is a fascinating conversation. It's a lot of it is about sort of human performance. But I think this is it it applies directly uh, to there. And and, uh, actually, I have Jordan has some other uh, 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 another couple of tips, which I'll talk about in a minute. So.
1: Great. Yeah, I will let
0: you finish your, your thought.
1: Well, I, you know, gosh, I don't know. I don't know if I have another thought. No, oh. <laughs> that yeah. was
0: it. I, I totally derailed it. <laughs> And now we're moving on.
1: Now we're moving on. Yeah. Uh, You know, what was also interesting in some of the research that I found is how good vacation really is for you. And, and it's really contrary to what people believe um, that when you go on vacation, when you are able to recharge, you come back more productive, more focused, more creative. And I think we tend to kind of downplay that. Like, you know, we don't see the actual benefits. And I know for myself, Um, when I take vacation, it reconnects me to the people, you know, that I love and people that I'm, that I'm not only vacationing with, but it kind of takes you outside of just your career, your day-to-day, um, duties. And, you know, I think that that's important to have that balance of, yes, this is my day-to-day living, but it's also exciting and fun to, to live outside of that, right. And have memories and moments that, that don't have anything to do with your work.
0: Oh, that is so huge. And you know, this is something, and I, I file this under, please let my life serve as a warning for others. I, uh, you know, every year I do the Chautauqua thing. And uh, Chautauqua is a wonderful uh, a place. It is a great place for vacationing. It's also a great place for learning and reflection. And they offer classes every day, uh, you know, cl- and, and I usually teach every year out there. So I go on this vacation ostensibly to vacate, to relax and recharge. And then I spend two weeks teaching. Uh, Which is, you know, as much fun as it is, and as much as I like teaching, uh, and I like teaching short these short sprint classes, uh, it's also work. And I have never actually, uh, you know, it's been years since I've gone to Chautauqua to actually work, or to actually take a vacation, or to connect my brain to something else that is not... Uh, related to the day-to-day work that I do, as you're saying. And so this year, I'm making a a pact. I'm not teaching a class this year when I go. I'm actually, the first class I take on Monday morning, I'm taking a three-hour class on culinary knife techniques.
1: Wow. Right? I'm going to learn
0: how to cut stuff like a sushi master chef.
1: Oh, we should get a video of you (laughs) and post it, like, you know, chopping chopping onions as fast as you can.
0: I will do exactly that. You may get little pieces of finger in your sauteed onions, but, oh, but it will be there. Uh, I'm very excited about it because I, I feel like I'm going into it with intention. And I think that's a, yeah. that is a lesson for me that I, I haven't learned very well, which is to be very intentional about my relaxation, about my granny. And I have a resource I would like to share. It's a, a, a woman that I um, I am deeply enamored with. And she's a, she's a, a healer and a, a kind of a, just a nurturing spirit at the Spirit Heal Institute. Uh, her name is Sarah Weiss and she offers a series of grounding meditations and her voice is incredible. I mean, it'll, she, you want her to read you bedtime stories at night. She's just got a wonderful voice and she has two free grounding meditations where she, you put on your headphones and she walks you through, uh, this space of, um, uh, of understanding how to ground yourself right how to slow down how to clear your mind how to pay attention to your feet you know how to how to really understand you know, your breathing and your, the way you are, you are relating with It sounds a little bit hooey, like when I, when I say it, but it is super important and super useful, particularly if you don't know how to do this yourself, if you don't really know how to slow down. And And in my conversations with Sarah, I've, I've interviewed her before and in my conversations with Sarah, you know, she's, her statement is we as Americans are really bad at relaxing. We don't know how to do it. And if you're particularly if you're struggling with ADHD, I think that is an even bigger problem. And that's my question for you. So I'll put the link to Spirit Healing Institute for the the her guided meditations uh, uh, from Sarah Weiss uh, in the show notes. I, my question for you is: When you're relating with your clients, how is their experience with ADHD different when it comes to uh, relaxing and embracing downtime?
1: Oh, I think it's 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 uh, stopping their brain from thinking and going a million you know, million miles an hour. Right. Um, and I think that what you just explained with the meditation could be a really good tool to use, um, really at the beginning of your vacation, because you, you really do need to expect that it's going to take a couple more, you know, probably more days for you to really get to that place of peace um, than it would probably with somebody that doesn't have ADHD, just the way that your brain is wired. And so that might actually – I'm glad you brought that up because that might be a really good way of, of really like, you know, opening yourself to that vacation and being open to relaxing and recharging and, and trying to, to fight all of the busyness in the head.
0: Well I think it is. And that, that gets to my experience, which is, you know, I go on a two week vacation. I really have the greatest intention to actually vacate. But it takes me four or five days to get work out of my head. And so then I have, you know, three or four days where I'm actually it's essentially a long weekend, uh, right in the middle where I'm actually able to clear my mind. But then it's, you know, come Tuesday, Wednesday of the following week and I'm starting to think about all the stress of work to come again. And now I've effectively had a three day vacation sandwiched between really stressful days where I'm not working because I'm not supposed to work, but all I can think about is work.
1: Well, and I think there is a, a statistic, maybe in even one of the articles that we're, we're going to post that, that it states that you should have at least two weeks. And I was even told recently that it should really be three weeks in a row. Um, that's just tough though, in the way that our society has built vacations in, in the workplace. You know, most people get maybe two or three weeks of vacation per year, but they don't, I mean, rarely when I was um, in the, you know, the traditional workplace, rarely did anybody ever take the those consecutively. Um, unless they were leaving the country. It was like you had to leave the country to take two weeks off.
0: Isn't it, that that says uh, uh, loads in yeah. itself.
1: Yeah. So anyway, I, you know, you bring up a good point. I mean, I think that that's a real reality that you have to think about. Um, one of my suggestions and, and something that I learned from the research that I did and just what I would suggest anyway, too, is picking the right vacation, um, for you. And what I mean by that is, you know, someone, I remember talking to somebody, about their vacation. It was a client and they were like, you know, I'm not going to sit and just read a book. Like I can't do that. And, and so I think it's really beneficial to, to, I don't know, maybe think about a little bit more about what it is that you need out of vacation. And I think having that that balance of structured time and unstructured time would probably be ideal. If you want to be busy, you know, check out what the what the um tourist attractions are and and do a little bit of planning and, and thought process of this is kind of how you would want to lay out the week but with, again, some flexibility so that you can have some unstructured um, downtime. But I I just think it's it's that insight of what is it that I really want to do? Where do I want to go? What do I want to see? Because as we know, ADHD can focus on the things you want, the things that stimulate you, the things that are exciting. And so, um, you know, Really thinking about that. If museums aren't your thing, then, you know, don't be going to Washington, D.C. for vacation.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. I um, y- y- I think you're bringing up an interesting point to me, and it's it's it, it sort of underlies uh, my intention to take a, a knife class. Uh, rather than a you know writing and podcasting class right? yeah, <laughs> while I'm on vacation, yeah. but there is another thing in this article that that I mentioned the Judah Pollock interview from from Jordan that um, that talks about the the power of uh, associative thinking. Are you familiar with this the the concept of associative thinking? Associative thinking is, uh, you know, this is from the uh, from the podcast write up, which I think is a good enough description of it. Associative thinking is when you take two or more things that aren't ordinarily put together and understand or at least strive to understand how they share a connection. It's not something that comes naturally to those of us who grew up in the Western world. We are geared to be on task toward a specific job at hand, and nowadays we're more busy and goal oriented as a society than ever that That gets to one of my concerns about you know struggling to to be on vacation It's that uh, when i'm dealing with with trying to clear my mind, it's usually because uh, i'm I'm fighting right hyper focus right I'm, I, which is where I'm thinking about just one thing all the time and I'm only thinking about that one thing, and I'm not working to that to, to strive toward associative thinking, to make these connections between two discrete bodies of, of understanding and, and figure out how they relate to my life. And I think taking a vacation really helps me to do that and really to explore some things that are outside of my, uh, normal body of, of understanding and my normal day-to-day work. And I think that can be, you know, even if you're not, even if you're busy, that doesn't necessarily, if you're, if you're busy doing new things and introducing yourself to new ideas, um, that doesn't necessarily mis- mean that you're not recharging at the same time. I think that can be a really energizing and, and building and growing uh, kind of a concept.
1: I agree. I agree. Uh, one other thing I would want to add to that. Well, two, I have two points actually that I would want to add, um, to this conversation. Um, one of the, the things that I see clients struggle with when they are either planning a vacation or even going on a business trip is that packing piece can be very stressful if they're waiting to the last minute um, to pack and then they forget something or they're afraid that they're going to forget something. And so, um, you know, this is just something to, to think about before you go on your next vacation is what can you do to prepare for that a little sooner? So everything's not the last minute. Um, we have a vacation checklist in our downloads that I would encourage people to check out as a template, just maybe just to get you started. Um, but one of the things that I suggest to clients is to, is to have sort of that, um ongoing checklist that you can you know, delete and add and, and, you know, work with, it's a working checklist as you go on vacation. Um, it's like that camping checklist that I was talking about a few weeks ago. I I go, I go back to that and I change it as needed. Um, but one of the things that, that I'll do with going on vacation is I'll highlight the things when I pack them. So when things are packed, it gets highlighted so that it's out of my head. I don't have to think about it anymore. Um, kind of frees up that, that space and, and builds trust into this like strategy this checklist that I've used. Um, and then just double check and make sure, okay, everything's highlighted. And if something's not highlighted, then, you know, do I really need it? Maybe I take it off the list altogether, whatever. Um, but really just getting in the mode of what can I prepare and, and do now? Um, so that I'm not, you know, waiting to the last minute and we need those reminders. It's it. I mean, the worst thing you can do is try to keep it all in your head.
0: That's the truth.
1: Yeah. So that's that, that's that point. And then, uh, my last point and then anything else you have to add, Pete, is not to forget to take care of yourself when you're on vacation because your ADHD doesn't go away. And so, um, you know, we've talked in the past about exercise and, and eating healthy and all of these things are so important to you to manage your ADHD. They still are even when you're on vacation and you want to feel good when you're on vacation. And so the best way to do that is just to make sure you still get your exercise in. Maybe it's not the same exercise routine as you do at home, but get that walk, you know, get a walk in, whatever, try to get a good night's sleep. I know. I'm terrible at this, but it, you know, you go on vacation. I, I can eat anything.
0: Oh.
1: <laughs> I can drink as much as I want. Oh. <laughs> I totally understand that mentality. Uh, but this is just something, it's just a reminder that you know, it's still just as important for you to take care of yourself on vacation as, as, it, you know, as it is outside of vacation.
0: Absolutely. You know, I, I will, I think you, to tee off onto another bit of uh, research uh, that Jordan sent along in his uh, e- email, and it's a, it's a very brief point, and it links to a study which we'll put in the show notes from the uh, Stanford Woods Institute for the Environment. Stanford Research finds mental health prescription is nature. Uh when you take care of yourself go for walks in the woods find nature and here's the upshot in this study two groups of participants walked for 90 minutes one in a grassland area scattered with oak trees and shrubs the other along a traffic heavy four-lane roadway before and after the researchers measured heart and respiration rates performed brain scans and had participants fill out questionnaires the researchers found little difference in uh physiological conditions but marked changes in the brain Neural activity in the subgenual prefrontal cortex, a brain region active during rumination, repetitive thought focused on negative emotions decreased among participants who walked in nature versus those who walked in in an urban environment.
1: Or on their treadmill. That's exactly right. <laughs> that, that actually brings up a really good point because I think, okay, well, I could easily do my exercise, you know, in the home, or should I just go outside and, and take the dog for a walk and make it a little bit harder? I mean, that's, that's you—you yeah. you have a convincing argument there.
0: It, it well, it I uh, blame Stanford
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: there you go uh so that's it this is great stuff we have lots and lots of links to share in the show notes and and in the podcast notes so make sure you head over to the website take control adhd and look them up uh this is uh i don't even know what episode is this we've been this is 214 214 seriously yes uh you can jump to take control adhd.com slash podcast slash 214 and jump straight to this show how easy is that pretty easy pretty easy mm-hmm. that's it thank you nikki kinzer thank you pete right uh we have uh we, we we said last week that this was going to be our last episode before uh our own vacation but we lied uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out we do have one more thing we to take say four- responsibility for taking do. that back <laughs> we take it back and we're going to do one more episode before we both really officially go on vacation because we don't yes. have three week vacation we have two weeks of vacation and so we're going to do one more thing next week we're going to answer a a big question uh what is getting organized just enough we opened the question last week and we didn't really answer it and so we we, we got a great question from uh, this was somebody in your group right yes yes mm-hmm. somebody in your group asked this question and we're going to answer it next week So join us then. Thanks, everybody. Uh, We'll see you next time in Taking a Droll, the ADHD podcast.